Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control from Happy Mammoth. Estro Control contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including Estro Control. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. This is Including You, the new series from Lead at Any Level. Including You features stories from chief diversity officers and other executives who are creating inclusive cultures in their organizations. Our goal is to show what's working in companies just like yours, to give you the tools you need to keep pushing for progress in your own workplace. We want to create belonging and opportunity for everyone, including you. And now here's your host, Amy C. Wanninger. Welcome back to Including You. I'm Amy C. Wanninger, the Inclusion Catalyst. With me today is Teresa Barnhill. Teresa is the founder and CEO of ATB Consulting, where she works with small to medium-sized businesses that want to increase diversity and equity in their organizations. And she's been a global DEI leader for a number of years. I am so excited. Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Amy, for having me. I'm excited to talk to you because the last time we spoke, we talked about this two-sided coin of women in tech and how women can advance themselves in their careers, but then also the flip side of that, which is getting hiring managers and sponsors and mentors in the right headspace to receive and promote and hire these women. And so what I really want to talk to you about today is those two facets of women in technology, because as we know, technology is number one here to stay. It's the fastest growing sector in terms of jobs and employment. It's really the biggest, widest path to a long middle-class income at this point. And so the more women we can get into this field, the more financially independent, strong women we'll have, and the more we'll be welcomed later. So talk to me a little bit about why is the women in tech pipeline so important to you? It's important to me because of exactly what you just mentioned. Technology is a wide open industry. It is an industry that provides several benefits for women and people of color including flexible work hours, flexible work arrangements, as well as working from home. Getting women and people of color into more tech and tech leadership opportunities could help close the wage gaps for women, as well as close the wage gaps for people of color. I feel like there's tons of potential in the technology industry for women and people of color. This podcast, Living Corporate, it's brought to you by Squarespace. 
Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with the audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place on your terms. Let me tell you something. Y'all might not know this, but Living Corporate, we started our whole journey on Squarespace. My website, ZacharyNunn.com, it's on Squarespace. I can't tell you how much I appreciate its fluid engine, the ability to create world-class templates and design. It's very intuitive, incredible. We have custom merch through our Squarespace. We have an incredible asset library, so I can always mix it up, switch and swap. It's super dope. And the fact that you can host all types of content, video, audio, all types of media, you can put all on your Squarespace. I can't recommend it enough. If you want to learn more about Squarespace, check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I think it's fantastic that you focus so much on this and you've done some real groundbreaking, but also needle moving work in this space. Can you talk a little bit about why is it, why does there need to be a focus on getting more women and people in color, people of color in tech? What's been keeping them out? I think the number one thing that's keeping women and people of color out are relationships. It is difficult to break into a space when the space is closed, meaning men have always been the leaders within technology, cisgendered, heterosexual, Caucasian men, but also Asian men have been taking the lead in the technology space. Their networks are made up of the same types of people as they are. And that's just by human nature. It's of no, it's no one's fault that it's that way. But when you are purposeful about expanding your circles, you can bring in new perspectives, new experiences to help us push innovation forward. That is what is crucial about technology. We're in a great space, but there's so much that still needs to be explored. There are a lot of ethics that need to be explored. If you had more people around the table with different experiences, they could help us explore those different opportunities. So there's that's where women, people of color, people with disabilities come to play because of their perspectives. They could see things that people who don't have their experiences wouldn't necessarily see. But I think what's keeping women, people of color, and persons with disabilities out of technology are relationships. So th- those people who are in power, who've been in that space for a while, they need to be intentional about broadening their relationships to include more in different perspectives. I could not agree with you more. And in fact, I wrote a book on exactly this topic a few years ago called Network Beyond Bias. And it's all about how when we're more intentional about who we connect with and the relationships that we build, opportunity flows different ways. It flows to us differently. It flows from us differently and different different groups and different people get get different opportunities than they've had in the past. So this is a topic that is so important to me. <laughs> and I don't know if you knew this, but I actually worked in tech for about 20 years. Yeah, so, you told uh, me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> 
So being a young woman in tech was a much different experience than being a, I'll say more tenured woman in tech, but but I can remember how hard it was and how many obstacles I had to overcome and how many myths I had to dispel and how many comments I just had to endure Mm -hmm. along the way. And it, it gets easier with time, but it's not something that people should have to endure at all. Exactly. And when you talk about, you talk about being a tenured woman in tech, we have different generations entering the workforce. Millennials have been here. Gen Zers are coming into the workforce. They're not going to endure comments. They weren't raised that way. So they're going to start pushing red buttons, sending off some alarms to say, this is not the way we're going to work. So organizations need to be prepared for that. Prepare for new and different perspectives, yes, but also different ways of working and culture, because these younger groups of people, they're not going to endure a lot. So you're going to have to be able to embrace what they're bringing to the table in terms of their perspectives, but also their work styles and what they are going to be able to endure and put up with (laughs) or not. So be prepared for that. And no one should to endure those things in the workplace. Boomers and Gen Xers, we, we were working our way in and gradually giving each other grace, et cetera, and just plain old ignoring things. And millennials and Gen Zers, were not raised to do so. They're like, you should know better. Let's not play these games. Before organizations find themselves in hot water, they need to be able to adapt and evolve their cultures for those new generations of of workforce. So- Absolutely. When you said they're going to hit the red button, I was thinking they're going to hit the eject seat because they're going to be out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely going to let you know about it. And if you don't fix it, they're out. Yeah. And you don't want to lose that talent. These folks come with various skill sets. Yes, but their perspectives are so unique. We, they were raised in a time where we grew up with learning about it and, oh, what is this going to do? And how do we leverage this? There was not a time for them where there wasn't the internet or cell phones or any of those, any of that great technology. So their very existence in this time and space is something that we could leverage to push our organizations forward, especially from a problem solving standpoint and advancing tech. So we don't want to lose that talent to other companies. So we need to create organizations where they want to be there. They're invested in the organization's success and they want to stay. So we need to make sure that we're able to do that as employers. Yes, ma'am. Living Corporate is brought to you by Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program. It's incredible. Okay, so first off, you didn't know, Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They have fast language acquisition, meaning you're actually going to pick up the language because it's going to provide an immersive experience for you through their program. Speech recognition gives you a trainer for your accent. Convenient, right? You can use it on your computer. You can use it on your phone. Incredible value. Lifetime membership has all languages for any and all trips or language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone's offers for 50% off. That's a steal, y'all. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, living corporate listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosannastone.com backslash today, today. I am, (laughs) I'm all in. I want to talk to you a little bit about 
this notion of growth mindset and how that comes into play for people who are trying to break into technology or move up in the technology space, but also for leaders who are already there. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you approach that? Growth mindset is something, again, that we need to be intentional about cultivating, especially those of us who are boomers and Gen Xers, where we are very achievement oriented. And if you don't achieve something, it is a failure. A growth mindset is the opposite of that, where if you fail, it's a learning. It's, oh, great. That's awesome. I learned something new. How can I apply that to the next thing? So it's very similar to testing and learning technology. You know, when you have a test and it fails, what did you learn from that? Let's apply that to the next test and let's move forward. But it's easier with things than it is with people and with especially with ourselves. So we need to cultivate a mindset where we're not hypercritical of ourselves or others when there are failures. And we take those failures as learning opportunities to apply to the future. In addition to that, it's just being more open to different ways of working and ways of being even. There's not one right way to be or one right way of doing things. Instead, it's how can we or should we could we're asking ourselves these questions to get to better, more inclusive solutions. And that's what a, a growth mindset is. It's just thinking about the possibilities instead of the limitations, but it does require practice. And in order to be successful in tech, that's the mindset that we need to have, just like we are testing and learning equipment or programs, et cetera. It's the same way that we test and learn with ourselves, but it does require, again, intentionality, and focus in order to do that. It, shifting the, your mind is a very hard thing to do. And not all of us can do that well, but we just have to practice that. As you were talking, it reminded me, my son is 14 years old this year. He's a freshman in high school and he took his first coding class, like introduction to computer science as a freshman in high school. It just blows me away because I was well into my second degree before I got to take a coding class. And he was working on something. He said, mom, can you help me with this? And I was like, yes, this is my moment. This is my time. And what I had him do was debug his own code. He hadn't been taught how to debug code. And I said, no, whenever you have a new section of code, you put in a little comment, print string, and it goes out and it shows you exactly where it is in the code. And then you can find if that code's getting hit, what's happening, where is it going? And you can trace it all the way through. And so we were doing that. And as you were talking, it reminded me that this growth mindset is really about putting those same breakpoints in our own thought processes. So we can find out what's getting triggered, what happens when we get triggered, how do we work around that? How do we rewrite our then statement? If this happens, how do we rewrite that different statement so that then we get a different outcome? And it's just this process of constantly going through and debugging our own thought processes. Indeed. And that's the same way with diversity, equity, inclusion, bias training, and conscious bias, even conscious inclusion. When I feel a certain way, then I recognize that, then I must respond this way. So you really have to be honest with yourself, number one, about what it is that you're feeling and really take any emotion out of it which is very hard for us as human beings because all of us are wired for bias and it helps protect us in the world. And when you see something red, especially something that's 
handmade or man-made, you automatically think that might be dangerous. It might be hot. Maybe I shouldn't touch that. Your mind is wired to do that. So you don't even have to think about it. Red, you don't touch it, you move on. Same with when you're driving, you see someone who's hit their brake lights in front of you. Red lights, caution, you know what you do, you put your brakes on. We're wired that way. So it helps us to not spend time trying to decide what to do. But when you apply bias to people, that's when we start to get into trouble. So that's when you have these growth mindset kinds of debugging systems where when I feel, enter the, when I see a person who, fill in the blank, and I feel, fill in the blank, then I should, fill in the blank. How do you work around that bias? How do you identify it? And then rewire your brain to not feel that way and not be triggered and how to act accordingly. Lots of practice required. This is the work. And I always tell people when I'm training or, or doing any kind of consulting work, look, if you brought me in to teach you to play the piano, you wouldn't have me come in one day on a Tuesday over lunch, play the piano in front of you for an hour and leave. And you would expect to have mastered it. There's a whole process and you have to practice and you have to keep going and going and until you get to where you want to be. And it has very little to do with the quality of an hour of instruction. It's about you applying these principles over time That's right. and breaking it down for yourself. Now, when we talk about bias, especially in tech, when we're talking about hiring, one of the things that I've noticed is that we know a little bit about somebody, we tend to fill in the rest based on assumptions. We meet somebody and they shake our hand the way we expect them to shake our hand. They look us in the eye the way we think they should look us in the eye. They use all the right words and they follow the script of meeting somebody. They walk away and we say, wow, they're really nice. We don't know anything about them except their name and their handshake and you know how they walk toward us and away from us. And we assume they're really nice. But if somebody maybe is not neurotypical and there's something different with the way that they make eye contact or just anything different about anything that deviates from that script, we might tell ourselves a different story about whether or not we like that person or whether that person's nice. And there are all sorts of differences that come up in these everyday dialogues. And especially when we're interviewing candidates for jobs. That they may say something that we don't expect them to say, or they don't follow a prescribed script that we have in our head, or they don't fit a template that we have for who this person should be when they walk in the door. And it occurs to me that as hiring managers are looking at candidates, they're filling in the rest of the story based on a snippet or based on an assumption. What are some tips that you have for hiring managers that will help them get out of their own way when they're hiring so they really can get the best person for the job? not maybe the person that looks like the last person they hired. Often the person doesn't even get to the interview stage because of the, we've all seen the studies about someone with a, maybe a longer name with more consonants than what Americans are used to. Their application or resume gets put in a different file. Someone who has a Hispanic sounding name, their resume gets put in a different, the round file, if you will, because of that name. We need to look at what is the person saying? How confident are they in their delivery? The content of what they're, what they're sharing with you, their experiences, whether they came in a wheelchair or using a cane or whether they are black or they are Hispanic or they are Indian or Asian, what, whatever the circumstance, think about what the person is sharing. Don't think about an accent. We all have one. 
I am a Southern girl. My drawl is very prominent. Instead of thinking about those things, think about what is being said, what is being shared, what types of experiences that does that person bring. Think about the team you're hiring for and whether or not that person can help fill in the gaps on the team. That is another thing that we sometimes forget about is that when you have an opening on your team, that is an opportunity for you to fill a need, fill what is missing from your team, not sameness. Sameness will get you exactly what it's always gotten you. New, something different, something that is missing, it could certainly push your team to deliver the next for your client and for the organization. So think about the content, the experience, and hire for the gap that's on the team, not for the sameness. Yes, I think that so much is put on culture fit when culture fit is a euphemism for just like everyone else. And culture is really about values, not about skill, mm -hmm. not about demographics. Culture is about values. And if we can get people with values that are aligned, they're aligned to our mission, right? Mission alignment, but they're bringing something new in. They're bringing a different perspective. They went to a different school. They grew up in a different country. They, they have a different skill set or a different professional background or even a different kind of degree than everybody else on the team. Those are the things that can really round out a team and make it better and more innovative. Most certainly. So Teresa, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. Thank you for all of your insights around the tech talent pipeline and how we can get more qualified people into this role, into these roles and into some good, maybe not always stable, but sustainable <laughs> jobs. <laughs> We've seen a lot of turmoil in tech lately, but this is really important. And I wish you every bit of success with the launch of ABT Consulting. I can't wait to see the amazing things you're going to do for your clients. Thank you so much, Amy. This has been a lot of fun. I'm very passionate about this topic. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. If you've enjoyed this episode, follow Lead at any level on LinkedIn and YouTube. Then join us for Including You video simulcast every Thursday at noon Eastern. Including You can also be enjoyed each week as part of the Living Corporate Audio Podcast Series available on all major podcast platforms. Learn more at living-corporate.com. Including You is brought to you in part by Lead at Any Level, a boutique training and consulting firm improving employee engagement and retention for companies that promote from within. Lead at Any Level. Leaders can be anywhere and should be everywhere. Learn more at leadatanylevel.com. Lead at Any Level and its logo are registered trademarks of Lead at Any Level LLC. The views and opinions of guests on our show do not necessarily reflect the positions of Lead at Any Level, Living Corporate, or the sponsors of Including You. That's it for this week's edition of Including You. Join me next week when my guest will be Joy Turner from Ingenivus Health.